Hi, and welcome to Yes Please, your go-to podcast for all things sexuality, pleasure, and orgasms. I've named this podcast Yes Please because that's how I want you to feel about all things sex, pleasure, and orgasms. Yes Please, and more. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here and that you want to learn more about how to experience more shameless pleasure, deeper satisfaction, and ecstatic orgasms in your life and sexuality. And I hope to inspire you to feel that you can embrace and celebrate your sexuality all throughout your life journey. This podcast isn't just about sex and sex education, however, it's about so much more. Personal growth, living a radiant and confident and authentic life, radical joy and expression, and general fucking goodness. I'm your host, Erica Alsborn, and I'm a sexuality teacher and expert, sex and birth coach, but you can think of me more as your BFF who you love to talk to about sex and all the intimate things you don't feel comfortable talking about with anyone else. I celebrate the vast and diverse human, erotic and sexual experience, and I embody a deep shamelessness when it comes to sex in all its different expressions. However, having said that, I'm a straight, able-bodied, cisgendered woman, and in my work I specialize in female sexuality, and I work with women with pussies and while I have a broad and liberal approach to sex and a very extensive training, my knowledge is limited by my own lived experience as well as the focus in my professional work. But I hope you'll learn lots here with me. Expand your idea of what sex is and can be and mean for you and even though I'm an expert on this topic, I'm not an authority. Everything I share is always a suggestion, not a must. So take what resonates and leave the rest behind. I'm always open to receiving your constructive feedback so don't hesitate to reach out if you have any. Okay. Hi and welcome again. I'm delighted that you're here and now let's dive into today's topic. Okay. Hi. Welcome back or welcome to the pod. I am today recording and sharing with you my birth story and it feels like, I don't know, like almost ceremonial in a way. It's not the first time I share my birth story. I've talked about it on other podcasts and in articles and with people, but it's been a while and and also it feels special to talk about this on my own podcast. And I also feel like I don't want to miss a single detail, but it's also been four years since I gave birth and although I remember it pretty in detail. There are still things that I forgot and I said, I told myself, I'll write it down, but I didn't. Life just got too busy with a newborn and I didn't write it down. So note to self for second birth, write it down. But without further ado, let's dive into my birth story and I'll share with you some of the most like impactful things and the overall like sense of the birth and how it was an orgasmic slash ecstatic birth and also towards the end I'll share some tips with you on how you can have an orgasmic slash ecstatic birth. So my son was due on January 13th and I my friends and my family we had all like put bets on when my son would be born and I said I think I said I would go five or six days over and my husband said that he would arrive on on the fifth and I didn't really keep track of the days and the date of of the current day Um, but it was a Saturday morning after speaking with a friend on the phone I started having some period pain-ish very mild 
sensations in my lower belly in the womb area. Mind you, when you're, you know, full term pregnant, your womb is massive. But like, imagine a non-pregnant womb in that area, right? So in the lower, lower belly, and it felt like, yeah, mild period pain. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. I had read that that could be the sign of pregnancy, uh, sorry, of birth starting. So I was like, hmm, okay. And then it increased slowly but steadily over the next hour. So I called my midwife. We had planned for a midwife-assisted home birth with my son, so I had a, uh, a midwife I could call directly on her mobile phone, and I told her, this is what's going on, I'm feeling this, and it was starting to like pulsate in a kind of contracty way, and so I shared that with her, and she's like, yeah, all good, and I said, I have plans with my friend, I'm gonna go and... Um, drop some stuff stuff off at Ikea. I have to return some stuff I bought and then I'm going to go and have hang out with my friend at a cafe. Is that okay? She's like, yeah, that's fine. You know, you listen to your body and if, if you need to go home, go home, but you don't have to just sit around and wait. Okay, cool. So I um, went to Ikea and by then I was actually having contractions. So I was <laughs> pushing the cart with some... Um, stuff and when I got to the counter I was standing there and having mild contractions and the lady at the counter when she saw after she saw me I had lifted up the things on the counter and she saw my body afterwards she's like holy holy moly like you're really pregnant you shouldn't be lifting I'm like it's fine so got that done felt such a sense of achievement that I returned the stuff and got my money back and then I went and I met up with my friend at a cafe and as I was walking into this cafe, it's um, inside a big um, furniture store. I had to stop and breathe for a few seconds while contractions were taking place because they were actually that strong at that point. But I was in total disbelief. I was like, no, nah, nothing's going to happen. This is false alarm. I'm not due until in six days and I think I'm going to go over anyways. This is just going to blow over. This is false alarm. And I'm not going to take this seriously because it could just dwindle off and um, turn into nothing at any point. So I'm not going to make a big deal out of this. <laughs> My friend was making a slightly bigger deal out of it. She's like, holy fuck, are you giving birth? I'm like, calm down. <laughs> no, I'm not giving birth. And let's go and have some cake. So we sat down. We had cake. Um, I think it must have been around 1 p.m. at this point, and that initial period of painy feeling had started around 10, 11. I think I called my midwife around 11 a.m., so a couple of hours had passed. We were at this cafe for a couple of hours, around 3.30. My contractions were so intense that I literally had to close my eyes and meditate and like really focus during the contraction in order to ride it through because it was getting quite intense and my friend was like I think you're in labor <laughs> I was still in disbelief I'm like nah I don't think so women say that giving birth is hard work this is not that hard this is just a little intense but I was getting tired and hungry because I'd only had like sugary cakes, right? I was like, I better go home because it was like a 20 minute drive on the highway. <laughs> so I got in my car and driving home the freeway with contractions and like mentally talking to myself, like eyes on the road, 
focus, focus, keep the speed and don't crash. Um, and I got home and it was fine. Came home and told my husband and he was like, what the fuck? Why haven't you told me? You're crazy. And I was like, I didn't want to get you nervous and all worried and stuff and like make a big scene out of this. We don't know what's going to happen. It could might as well just turn into nothing and it could, you know, be another week. But I should probably eat some dinner. So I ate dinner and then it continued slowly, slowly to increase in intensity. So I got in the tub, in the bathtub with my uh, magazine, started reading the magazine, but then it was so intense that I couldn't read the magazine. And by that time, it was probably like 5.30, 6 p.m., my husband came in and he was like, you should, uh, we should probably time your contractions because they sound regular to me. I'm like, nah, they're not regular. He's like, yeah. So he pulled out this little thingy app on his phone, timed them, and sure enough, they were totally regular. Um, they were about, I think at that point, like 40 seconds long with like four to four five minute interval, but this is where details, I lose the details, right? I actually don't know, but they were regular. And so um, we were like, okay, this is probably happening. So I sent a text to my midwife and I told my husband, let's have sex because we had uh, talked about this before that I wanted sexuality and pleasure and intimacy to be a part of the birth experience. And I wanted to have sex one last time before becoming a mother and pushing a baby out of my pussy and I wanted to use the art of sucking cock to open my cervix because there is a connection between the cervix and the throat and so I had heard that women had successfully supported their birth to progress by doing oral sex and by doing throat focused practices. So some foreplay and some deep throating later, not intense deep throating, but like I gave my husband oral sex and all of a sudden my mucous membrane popped. So we actually never had time for penis and vagina penetration sex because I started bleeding from my pussy. And I mean, coincidence or evidence? I'm leaning towards evidence that it worked and that is not a coincidence that my mucus plug popped and I started bleeding minutes after giving oral sex and stimulating my throat internally and opening myself up sexually and intimately with my husband, whom I love, who's the father of this baby inside my belly. Evidence period. <laughs> Not coincidence. But hey, I can't prove it, can I? But anyways, <laughs> obviously that interrupted our sexy time. There was blood and stuff going on. And so we called the midwife again. We sent pictures. We were like, this is what's going on. I think we told her we had sex. or We were about to have sex. I can't remember. But anyways, we told her something's happened. Is everything okay? Is this a normal amount of blood? Is this normal to happen? Blah, blah, blah. And um, I had read extensively about birth and uh, all the different like routes a birth can take. So I knew that it's not unusual to have the mucus plug pop or release and that you can bleed when that happens. So I wasn't afraid. My husband got a little scared. He doesn't like seeing blood, but being a retired nurse, I'm totally fine with like all bodily fluids, including blood. So I was totally fine and I felt calm and there was no internal sign of stress 
or like abnormality inside of me. So I felt like, okay, everything's cool and my body's doing what it's supposed to do. So I sat on the toilet and I waited for the bleeding to decrease and eventually stop and kept my midwife updated through phone call and text messages. And then I got back into the tub. Well, first she was like, okay, obviously things are moving along, but it could still slow down. So keep us posted. And I started walking around a little bit and I was meditating, still having contractions consistently. They never stopped really. But after 10 or 15 minutes after that happened, after sitting on the toilet, it was like shifting gears. And instead of the contractions feeling kind of located and isolated in the front down towards the lower part of my belly, they started now moving up my back, well around towards my back. So they were like all encompassing with my belly and my back and they started moving further up the back and I could feel a very clear sense of like upward movement. So if you've ever studied hypnobirthing, you know that the first part of labor, you do an upward breathing because the uh, muscles in the uterus are pulling up to open the cervix. So there's an upward movement of energy and there's an upward movement of the contraction. It's pulling up. So to pull the cervix apart and open the cervical area and, and space. Once the cervix is open and dilated and you're ready to push the baby out, you enter into second stage labor and the muscles start pushing down and out. And for me, those two different well, having that knowledge was so important because I understood what my body was doing and I could feel the direction and work with the direction mindfully and intentionally. But I could also so distinctively notice the difference when I started having pushing contractions, like downward, like pushing the baby out contractions. It was like, holy fuck, this feels entirely different. My whole body energy and the movement of my my muscles in the womb and in the back were clearly moving down so forcefully, so fiercely. There was no doubt about the shift, right? So I was having these upward contractions and they started getting more and more intense. So I got in the tub and I started meditating, deep, deep, deep meditation, going into the sensations, really letting go, really following the energy, moving with it, swaying with it, allowing myself to be taken over, to enter into an altered state of mind, to let go of my mental control and my ideas and thoughts of what this was going to feel and be like, and just surrender myself completely to the mammalian part of me, to my womb, to my baby, to my cervix, to my pussy, to spirit, to earth, to God, to anything and everything that started becoming present in this experience. As my ego and my mind became less active and all the other parts of me became more active, I was shifting into an altered state of mind, into a transcendental state of mind, akin to one that you can enter into if you take hallucinogenic drugs like LSD or mushrooms or things like that. That's kind of how it felt like, like this omnipresent state of mind. My husband started freaking out a little bit, <laughs> bless him. So he started like doing the dishes and he put the dishwasher on and like cleaning. And I was like, turn that motherfucking dishwasher off. Stop using detergent. I can't take the sounds and the smells because I was getting so hypersensitive in all of my senses. 
because I was dropping into primal mammalian brain and not higher cognitive thinking brain. And so I entered into a bubble and in that bubble I stayed until baby was out. Well, I would say until beyond baby was out. And my contractions and the experience just kept increasing in intensity and in depth and in like um, the sense of we're beyond the point of no return. And so because of this, we uh, texted the midwife again. They live two hours away from us. And we said, you better come now because this isn't stopping. I can tell. Um, so they started to make their journey towards us. I was in the tub doing what I said I just did, really, really dropping in, allowing myself to become heavier, deeper, more embodied, more surrendered, more mammalian. And just, yeah, I'm getting emotional. More of that woman, right? That birth, the birtheress, like the goddess who gives birth. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was such a dance within myself. And I was using breathing, humming, sounding, swaying, gentle chanting of a powerful mantra my husband and I had been choosing and practicing, taking tiny sips of water when I felt my mouth was getting dry, taking the tiniest little bites of dates to maintain energy. And I had moments of feeling nauseous and like I wanted to throw up. And I knew that was a sign that my body was opening, 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 and letting go of control. And I didn't fight it. I just so intimately became one with the sensations <laughs> and the experience and with my baby. And I say that I had a pain-free birth, but it was not free from being challenged or challenging. It was not free from high intensity, but I did not register it as pain. I registered it as a full spectrum sensational richness, right? I could really be with the sensations and label the sensations and also not label, but just be the sensations and be the waves be the intensity and allow myself to become it so fully that I didn't even need to have an opinion about it. Around 9.30 p.m., my midwives gently knocked on the door. My husband opened and they tiptoed inside. And they were like, hi, Erica, we're here. We're not going to disturb. And then I didn't really see them until my baby was out. I birthed my baby on my own which was my desire and my vision. It was exactly kind of how I had envisioned it, that I would have a calm, swift, yet gentle birth, and I would birth my baby on my own. I would do it. I think around 10 p.m., or maybe a little bit sooner than that, I felt restricted in the bathtub. And I wanted to be able to stand and move around because it was getting, you know, I really needed to move, basically. So I told my husband, prepare the bedroom. So he and the midwife put lots of plastic, big, massive plastic sheets on the bedroom floor, on the mat. 
and then lots of soft um, towels and blankets on top of it. And I moved into the bathtub. Sorry, I moved out of the bathtub and into the bedroom. And, and the dance continued and the intensity continued. My waters, uh, my water had not broken yet. So there was a lot of pressure inside because my womb was filled with the, um, the, f- the fluid right inside my, inside my uterus. And it was getting heavy because it was bearing down into my vaginal canal because it was opening and opening and opening, right? And I, it was starting to feel a little overwhelming. So I was standing up, I was swaying, I was leaning, I was moving around a lot and I was doing a lot of laboring, standing up, butt naked, moving around in my very dimly lit bedroom, making sounds, moaning, groaning, leaning um, swaying, you know, really moving with it and resting in between contractions, in between the waves. At a certain point, it got so heavy that I sat down, I was leaning backwards, and all of a sudden during a contraction, boom, my water broke, and it was a massive sense of relief, massive sense of relief. And that's when shit kicked into next gear like it was almost immediate and I started having those downward contractions and I started the pushing phase so this must have been about 20 past 10 and I had pushing contractions for about 40 minutes yeah about 40 minutes until my son was born at um, seven minutes past 11 and the dance continued standing, doing a lot of laboring, standing up. It felt so good. It felt powerful and it helped me distribute the intensity. But it was also during this time, I believe that I was having really orgasmic and ecstatic sensations. I was sitting on my knees and my baby was descending through my pussy, through my vaginal canal. And it must have been around the time when his head was really around my G-spot area. I was getting these intense orgasmic sensations coursing through my body like a powerful current of ecstatic energy. And I was shaking and I was throwing my head backwards. And I remember telling my husband, it feels like I'm coming. It feels like I'm coming. But it wasn't like a clitoral orgasm, but it was orgasmic. It was so powerful. And he was encouraging me and we were sounding together and he was holding me. He was the most wonderful doula one could have imagined. I'm so proud of him. And my midwife was in the background overseeing me, listening. Every now and then she listened with a Doppler machine to make sure that the um, heart rate of the baby was okay. But other than that, she did nothing. No internal vaginal exams, no cervical checks, no nothing. They knew very well that my labor was progressing. They could hear it. They could see it. They could sense it. So bless them for honoring my wishes to not be interrupted, not be coached, not be disturbed, and not be checked internally for how dilated I was. Obviously, I paid them, so they better respect my wishes, (laughs) you know, and there was no medical indication that it was needed in any way. And then um, I had been saying, I want to squat my baby out. I think I'm going to squat my baby out. And I did. I was in a squat position, but one leg slightly like extended, not in a full squat, but like one, I was leaning on one leg and the other leg was kind of 
um, extended and I was moving my hips and really dancing my baby down and I was touching myself and stroking my vulva. Um, I inserted my fingers and I could feel the head of my baby inside my vaginal canal and then shit got so intense when he was crowning and he was starting to come out that I could not really do anything else other than um, squeeze my husband's hand and hold on to the the bed to push myself forward to have counterweight and counterbalance as my body was doing its work I literally did not do anything my body did it for me my uterus knew exactly what she was supposed to do and she's so fucking badass I'm so fucking proud of her and there was never a moment when I thought oh I should be pushing or I should be doing this my body just led the way I had done the prep work to trust my body to be embodied to listen to my body to follow sensations I had done all of that so that during birth I could really surrender really let my body take over and carry me through the experience and show me what had to be done rather than the other way around There was one moment of fear or doubt and that's when I was so um, experiencing so much intensity when um, I was pushing his head out and I was like, I don't know how much longer I can take this. It was so intense. It was probably the only moment where I said, this feels like pain and my mind started going into like contracting around the experience rather than just keeping the expansion going and the trust and I was like... I could hear this voice inside my head like, fuck you, Erica, why do you always do this? Why are you not at the hospital? This is when you would need a pain med. There's nothing for you here. You're not gonna be able to do it. You're gonna break or, you know, and things like that. And I caught that little motherfucker of a fear voice in my head. And I said, no, I trust myself. I've made my decision. I can do this. I trust my body here. We fucking go next level. Let's do it. And I was breathing and I was sounding and I was moving my body and I just doubled down on deep, unconditional trust for myself and my ability to do this. And I got through it and my midwife was sitting behind me and that's when she asked, around that time she asked, do you want a warm uh, tissue on your perineum and some counter pressure? I said yes. That's the only thing she did. She was sitting in silence. I said to her, I think my baby's coming soon. She just kind of laughed like gently and said, yeah, I think so too, Erica. Keep going. And I birthed my baby on the bedroom floor. (laughs) I didn't catch him. I think he came like a rocket. (laughs) My husband was shocked. He was like, what the fuck happened? Um, I definitely experienced that fetal ejaculation reflex uh, is that what it's called a fetal ejection reflex he just shot out of my body all of a sudden and he landed on the floor and um, maybe my midwife had a hand there I don't know and then I like did some gymnastics once I'd realized what happened turned around sat down and I received him in my arms and he shot all over me (laughs) I was covered in poop and I was just like wow 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 and the pain the intensity went away immediately (sighs) 
That was my birth experience in 25 minutes. It lasted from 11 in the morning till 11 in the evening. And um, according to the journal, it was an active labor from about 5 p.m., I think, to 11 p.m. No tears, no complications, birthed the placenta uh, without any complication as well. Put it in the freezer. A year later, I thawed it and buried it in the garden underneath the tree. Um, and it was the most incredibly powerful, transcendental, beautiful experience of my life. And I remember saying immediately afterwards, I want to do it again. <laughs> but it took me four years to be mentally, physically, and emotionally ready for another child. But here I am now again, six months pregnant and um, excited about birth number two. I think it's going to be fast as fuck, <laughs> faster than the first one, but you never know what you're going to get, and I'm here for the mystery and the magic of it all. Giving birth can be an incredibly beautiful, empowering, spiritual, loving, gentle, even orgasmic and ecstatic experience. And I wish that for all women, regardless of where they choose to give birth. Thank you for listening to my story. Okay, my friend, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I hope you learned something new today or that I reminded you of something you already knew or do and that you feel inspired and encouraged to prioritize sex, pleasure, and orgasms in your busy life. If you love this podcast, please share it with your friends and give it a rating or review so this important message can reach more people on this planet. Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next time.